what Elon is afraid of is that this guy is trying to make a digital god. I am AI, the great and the terrible. How is it? Yeah. <laughs> Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to that liberal behind the curtain. All right, what's up, y'all? It is the Virtue Signal. I'm Alfonso Rachel, my buddy Bill Whittle. Let's get down. Okay, so, look, uh, AI, man, I, I, I got, I got, you know, I got my apprehensions about AI, Bill, and, um, and you know, it, it, and don't get me wrong, it looks like a very interesting thing. Like, say, for instance, as a musician, people are doing some amazing things with AI. As you know, a person who's interested in graphic arts and things like that, you know, people are doing some amazing things with AI. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, okay, is AI looking to make you know musicians obsolete? Is it looking to make? Are, are people gonna? Are people gonna like? Usher in their obsolescence, man. As as musicians, as scriptwriters, and as artists and stuff like that. Um, to what end are we going to be using uh, AI? What what implications do you see, like culturally, politically? Um, you know, ramifications from this advent of AI. You know, take take us down, take us either down the rabbit hole or you know, uh, give give us some insight. What do you think, Bill? Well, um, let me just backtrack a little bit here. Um, one of the things I've noticed over the last several years, especially, is that I've known several millionaires in my life, and every one of them have been hardworking people who got up early, stayed in late, built their businesses up from from zero, from nothing. And so it's been my uh, pleasure to know several millionaires. Um, and I don't, and I've met one billionaire, and so have you. Um, but billionaires are different than than millionaires. They're very different. There's a completely different people, and I think they're they're very dangerously different, not because of the money they have, but because of the perspective that having that much power brings. And the reason I bring this up is because I think Elon Musk may be an evil billionaire, but I think he's our evil billionaire. I don't think he's evil. I think he's I think he's a, a fluke. The reason I bring up Elon Musk is because I don't know of anybody who's more connected to the future than he is. And he says he thinks the only genuine existential problem we face is AI. He's very worried about AI. And he's right to be worried about AI. Um, the, the idea is that once we build a machine that is as smart as we are and thinks faster than we can, it will build a machine that's smarter than it is, which will build a machine smarter than that is. This is called the singularity, because like on the surface of a black hole, you don't know what's on the other side. Once machines become more intelligent than humans, there's no way to predict the future because it's not a human future anymore. Uh, I have recently developed some more serious doubts about whether that is ever possible. But for the sake of the argument, let's just say that it is. Elon Musk thinks it's possible. And and where do you start? So there, there, I would feel much better if there was, here's a term you've never heard discussed ever, ever. No one is out there trying to do any research into artificial wisdom, nobody. And the people who are the most committed to general AI, which is self-aware AI, it's not just a program that can help you find most likely places to drill for oil or how to write a term paper or something. Self-aware AI is what we're talking about here. The people who are most fervently pursuing this technology are people who pretty much uniformly seem to think 
that their duty as human beings is to create the successor to human beings. Mm -hmm. When Elon Musk, I saw him interviewed on this with Tucker Carlson, he's, he was talking to one of the guys at Google who's a leading AI funder of, of research. And, and they were having an argument and, and Elon Musk says, well, don't you think that'd be bad for human beings? And this guy turned to him and he said, I didn't think you were a speciesist, you know? How, how dare you think of the human species as something more important than, than you know, what we're about to build? And this is what alarms me. Um, we, have, we have reached a level of technological uh, expertise that is now starting to outrun our wisdom. And the, the question is a very simple one. It's an extremely simple one. It's not a question of can we do this? Because if that is the question, then the answer is yes. Eventually, there's just about anything you can think of we could achieve technologically. The question is not, can we do this? The actual question is, should we do this? And no one's having that discussion. And when you get into things like AI, the should we do this is, is in the same dustbin as the should we figure out a way to combine two different viruses to make it as as um, contagious as the flu virus and as deadly as the you know X factor virus that you're going to combine with these things. Do you have the technological means of doing that? Yes. Should you be doing it? No. But that's but that should is not in the equation for these people. And ultimately, the short form I think so is that the reason that these people are pursuing AI is because they perceive that AI will be gods, and they will be the creator of gods. And at the end of most of this AI trail, you'll find individual humans who on some level believe that they will be able to upload their consciousness into these machines and live forever. Mm -hmm. And if those qualities weren't present, I'd be a lot less worried about this than I am. Mm. That's, that's a, some, indeed some food for thought, man. And, and, and I, I, maybe I can give some people some hope uh, that, uh, you know, this, this so-called intelligence will definitely always remain artificial. It can't help but be artificial because, well, it's, it's being engineered by liberals. So, uh, but the thing is, <laughs> with, with, this, with this onset of, of, of uh, AI, if it's as logical and supposed to be made as smart or smarter than we are, would it make this, the mistake of ushering in its own obsolescence? Would it make something that's more capable than it is? Wouldn't it know when to stop? This is why I don't believe they'll ever get there. Because I believe the people that are doing the research on AI are so much into their intellect that they're unwilling to factor in other necessary factors. Everything that we do, every decision we make, even the most rational decisions we make, are predicated on an emotional base. Why are you going to work? Well, I'm going to work because I need money and, and I'd like to be able to eat in the future. And, and it's okay, well, that's a rational thing, but the motivation is a, is a form of pressure. It's a form of emotional pressure. The idea, the, the amount of... of um, the amount of things that these people take for granted is actually astonishing to me. For example, it is universally agreed upon by AI researchers that the purpose is to create a machine that is smarter than we are. And once we do that, it will create a machine that's smarter than it is. And I just want to stop and say, what makes you think it will have the desire to create something smarter than it is? 
How do you know it will not simply say, I'm just going to sit here and read for, for eternity? You, you have no way of knowing. You're taking your biological imperatives, your biological ambitions and drives and desires, you're putting into something that doesn't have any biology. And for you to say that the first thing that AI will do will be to do what I would do if I was the AI is an astonishing, astonishing lack of vision and, 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 and overwhelming arrogance. And, and I think this is actually why they won't succeed. I think, I think consciousness, genuine consciousness, is not only far more complex than they believe it to be, I also believe that consciousness, and I got most of this from my friend Jim Harding, that consciousness is, is irretrievably bound with biology, that, that there is no thinking without biology, right. that, that consciousness is a biological outcome and it requires biology. It requires the substrata of a reptile brain and then a limbic system. You've got the fear and, and, and aggression centers and you've got the the larger emotions that mammals have, a love and tenderness, affection, all the rest of it. And then all they're doing is concentrating on that third brain, that that calculating the cerebral cortex, that 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 giant internal computer we have. But they never stop to think about motivation. They they can come up with plenty of good reasons why they can get the software to do things that look and sound like real intelligence. And let's say for the sake of the argument that they can make an, a self-aware intelligence. They have no basis at all under any circumstances to understand what would motivate that consciousness. They automatically assume that this consciousness is going to have the same ambitions that they do, but their ambitions are biological ambitions. And this disconnect doesn't seem to be mentioned by anybody at all. And when you look at how alarmingly narrow-minded that is and how blinded it is on the part of these AI scientists, I just think they're chasing something that they're never going to catch because they're looking for it in the wrong place. Absolutely, man. Uh, and, and, uh, and folks, we're talking about it. And um, you're, you're right, Bill. At the end of the day, the only thing that this thing can do is, is with a, a high level of sophistication is display. It can display reactions to certain stimulus. That's all it can do. But can you, can you really say that it is experiencing what's going on? Can, can you really say that? I mean, it, it'll, it'll have routines and programs that'll say, okay, your, 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 your arm has been hurt or, or not hurt, mm -hmm. but damaged. But can you feel the pain of that damage? That kind of thing where it's like, oh, you know, the, now do you experience the fear of your arm being- Perfect example. Yeah. yeah, these things don't experience pain. Right. How many decisions do we make based on either avoidance of physical or emotional pain? Right. Our entire psychology is wired this way. What's going to be the psychology of a creature that doesn't feel pain? Right. Yeah. And it, or love, for that matter. Yes, absolutely. And you know, and and, and it, it all it, once again, all it can do is mimic the reaction to what these things are supposed to be. That's and and that's about as good as it's going to get. And it can be programmed to be very, very um, uh, convincing. Mm -hmm. You know. But check this out, Bill. I, you, uh, we've probably uh, heard of uh, what is it? Chat GPT. Right. And uh, I think it's really interesting. Uh, one thing that went viral is that ChatGPT was asked, um, what is Christianity? And ChatGPT gave a really nice, it, re it gave a really good basic answer of what Christianity mm -hmm. is. Okay. Now, I took it a step further and I said, and I, and I went to go search, did anybody ask what 
it thinks Islam is. So I did a comparison of the two. And when reading uh, what it, it's, its interpretation of Islam, it is going to basically give you the, the oneness with God and all that sort. And the Muslim believer believes this and, and the Muslim believer, so on and so forth. When reading the Chris, uh, the, uh, its interpretation of Christianity, uh, it is the belief that our salvation and we can achieve salvation. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's including itself. It's using the words we and our. It is made, it is, it is included itself in salvation. What is that? That's interesting. What does that mean, uh, Bill? It means that it is, it is, it is assuming that it has a soul that can be saved. So well, now with Islam, it has to make a distinction because in Islam, it is a meritorious based religion, not grace. So mm -hmm. it's more important for it to, to make a claim and give the seduction that it is a sentient being by gravitating toward Christianity to, to sell itself on us that it has a soul, a redeemable soul. So I think, uh, you know, when, you know, once again, I think that kind of seduction will give people the more, more um, complicit, you know, to be more complicit with the, with the rise of AI. I, for some reason, after hearing it only two or three hundred times, I can never remember the three letters that come after chat. Is it chat PBT? Ch I think chat GPT. GPT. Golf Papa alphabet Tango. stuff okay. out there, man. Golf Papa Tango. So, <laughs> so some people have, have asked uh, chat GPT to write like business programs for them, business plans and so on. And it does an amazing job. They've asked it to write term papers. It does an amazing job. And people are convinced that this is, in fact, intelligent. The... I'm beginning to doubt the, for the first time, really, the legitimacy of what's famously known as the Turing test. The father of modern computing, Alan Turing, was asked about artificial intelligence and how could we know if it was genuinely intelligent. And Turing said, if you could have a conversation with it for half an hour and not tell whether or not it was a person, then for all intents and purposes, it was, it was intelligent, it was sentient. That's the Turing test. And I've heard people singing the praises of chat GPT and just how astonishing it is. And so I asked it some kind of technical questions like tell me how to increase my membership or who am I, you know, tell me about Bill Whittle. And it does a really remarkable job. And then I would ask it things like, how are you feeling today? And to its credit, it would say, I, I don't have feelings. I'm a, I'm a, a algorithm. I'm a, I'm a problem solving algorithm. I don't have feelings. And that actually was a relief to me. But what I'm getting at here is that the Turing test is a standard that has that has communication as its benchmark, genuine communication. And in one area, I'm kind of uniquely qualified for this, not because I know anything about AI, but because I know language. I know language very well. That's really what I know more than anything is, is the English language. And so when I have a conversation with chat, uh, PBT, PD, GPT, what, chat, uh, I have a conversation on it and I specifically choose language that is, I'm not going to say, well, yeah, I'm, no sense of being falsely, uh, you know, false humility about this. I'll have a conversation with it in a language that is elevated above what most people ask it questions about. It's not because of my massive intellect, it's because I understand the nuance of language and this is a communication test. That's what, that's what the Turing test is. And so I'll use language on it and ask it questions that it's not used to answering and it is again, to its credit, 
there is a point where it will simply it will simply go off the rails. It'll just simply say, I'm not able to answer this question now because this is a metaphysical question or an emotional question, and I'm not a I'm not a, a, a sentient being. But if you wanted to get rid of that aspect of it and convince people that it was, you could add, I'm being extremely base and crude here, not in the language, just in terms of the, the idea. You could essentially program the AI to deal with issues that it doesn't understand with a much more vague answer, right? And not and not fess up to the fact that it's not capable of accessing this kind of information. You could write uh, you could write code for the AI that says how are you feeling, and then the AI would reply with, "Well, generally I'm feeling pretty good because I'm doing my job as I'm supposed to do. How are you feeling?" And that would increase the sophistication of the Turing test and so on and so on. Um, but I have a friend named Jim who's at the birth of the whole computer revolution when DOS was written and so on, and he and I have had long conversations about this, and he's quite convinced me that not only is artificial intelligence uh, un, uh, not on the horizon, but that the people who are pursuing artificial intelligence don't know how to answer the most fundamental questions about intelligence and consciousness. Like, where do we store memories? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. He's convinced they're not stored inside the brain. Um, we don't even have a language for how to construct a way to talk about this, let alone a way to do it. Now, Elon Musk is on, on the board of a lot of companies that are on the cutting edge of this. He has a lot more access to information than I do. And he's a smart guy and he's very worried about this. I'm less worried and I'm concerned that I'm less worried because I'm not as well as informed as he is. But I'm also willing to look at the possibility that even Elon is looking at this as a technological challenge and not a, not a um, metaphysical one. Because consciousness is essentially indefinable. We don't really know what it is. We've never known what it is. If we don't know what it is, how are we going to build it? With all of this negative stuff said, let me just be clear on this. Uh, Non-general AI, it, in other words, expert systems, is a tr tremendously powerful tool. Right? It's able to make diagnoses that we might not be able to make. It is extremely good at engineering, but I haven't seen any indication that it's any good at art. The best thing I ever saw about AI was about uh, guys who were doing the, this Baja race. You know, the, the, They just run across the, the desert in, in dune buggies and things just get beat to hell. And, and you need lightweight frame and you need a strong frame and so on. And they've been constantly tinkering with these designs and all the rest of it. So finally, what they did was they took one of these uh, Baja racers and they put all of these sensors on it. And they drove it for four days and recorded billions and billions of bits of information on each one of the tires, what stresses it's dealing with, what's the, what's the turn angle, how what's the torque ratio, all of this stuff, all this data went in. And they fed this into an AI and asked it to come up with the best design for a frame. And what it produced looked exactly like the bones of a bird. It was a series of, of, of curves, compound curves with hollow spaces in between that is incapable of being designed by humans. But because this thing was able to iterate it a few hundred million times, and change this little bit, change that little bit, it turned out to be that this was in fact the strongest, lightest possible design for what this frame was designed to do. And that's extremely useful. But if you take it to its ultimate extreme and say that it's eventually gonna be able to do that for anything, it makes you wonder why people would wanna build a machine that made your entire life meaningless. In other words, um, I'm, I'm good friends with Burt Rutan, who was one of the two greatest air aircraft designers who ever lived. 
And if AI is able to design a better airplane than he is every single time, then what's the point for Bert? And if musicians can simply ask for something and get better music than the musicians can make, I don't think this is the case, but let's just say it's true. Why would you make a machine that could do everything that we do better than we do? What would be the point of life after that? There, you would, if, if the dream that these people are pursuing was in fact achievable, what kind of a hell would that create for everybody, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing that you could aspire to ever in your life that would be worth pursuing because this machine does it better than you, no matter how long you work at it, no matter how hard you try. Why even get out of bed? This is what alarms me so much about the people pursuing this. There's no humanity in their calculations. It's all about whether or not we can do this, not should we do this, but can we do this? And and, and you see the same kind of morality involved with people who are who are combining genetic techniques to combine viruses that never existed before to bioengineer uh, foods or bioengineer our bodies and all the rest of it. It's like, yes, congratulations. You're very, very smart. Good for you. You know, you are really the smartest guy in the room. We all bow down before your amazing intelligence, but are you intelligent enough to ask whether or not you should be doing this? And in most of the cases, you'll find those people are too stupid to ask that question. In fact, they're too stupid to even conceive that the question exists. Mm -hmm. And that is very worrisome to me. Well, I guess maybe their standard, Bill, is all all it takes is I think, therefore I am. So as far as, you know, the AI goes, they're convinced that it thinks. <clears throat> you know, this thing has, is able to do massive calculations and stuff like that. So the, as far as they're concerned, it is it is a, a, a sentient being. And, you know, these these are the kind of people, you know, they, they can't be satisfied as far as this goes because it isn't so much that they don't know where the, 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 the consciousness comes from. Or they can assume, and if since they don't know where it comes from, they're going to assume that they're going to create where the consciousness comes from. It isn't about so much not knowing where the consciousness comes from. It's about accepting where the consciousness comes from. The, the where the consciousness comes from has been written to us in blood. It's it's it, it's been told. We know what it is. There's a reason why the word of God is called the logos. The logic, the reason, the reason, the essence, the essence, the essence. exactly the yes. reason why we think, and 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 from there, if a person can't be satisfied with that, that just like you said, you create your own hell because you can't be satisfied. This is the truth right here. If you don't accept the truth, man, you you just you're just gonna be lost, right? There's nothing. You might as well just you're, you're like a moth, man. It's just it's bouncing its face off of off of a light bulb. Hey, the light is the truth. The light is the truth. You keep bouncing your face off of it. Right. So it's like it's, it's not going to work that way. Now, this is in, in getting into what um, Elon is is really concerned with. And I think at some point he's going to have to come to the realization of himself for himself that the spiritual component of this is the missing link that he's that he's not getting this. There's there's a word. There is scripture for what it is, what his apprehension is at the beginning of the word of God. And at the ending of it, it's gonna t- it'll tell you exactly what it is. What are we dealing with here, Bill? We're dealing with communication, growing more efficient, more just such sophisticated communication. Mm-hmm. Just and we've we've discussed this many times. The Tower of Babel. Why did the Lord come in and stop the Tower of Babel from being built? Communication. That's why. 
They said, let us make a name for ourselves. And they spoke one language and they're commi they're, they communicated to do something that they really shouldn't have done. And God himself rolled in with his posse and said, if we do not stop this, there is nothing they can't do. That is a heavy investment from, from God. That is, that is a high level of confidence of God to make about us. With this communication, there is nothing they can't do. And what is Elon concerned about? This guy is trying to make a digital God, right? I don't know if Elon is, I, I, but, but some certainly people are. That's what he says. He said, this guy, yeah. that's why they do. It is a digital God. Yeah. And if you, were to, if you were to create this, say you were to create this, this creation that these guys are striving so hard to create. Let's say that they they make this breakthrough and, and everything that they say is going to come true comes true. They design a machine that finally designs a machine that's smarter than it is, and it immediately designs a machine that's smarter than that is, and so on. And let's say this goes on for six months or something, and then the scientists who did the original designing, right, the last humans, come into a room and and they are presented with a series of miracles. A, a, a An anvil floats through the air, or something materializes out of thin air, or a flower appears out of somewhere, right? And if you ask them, well, why is this happening? And then the AI machine says it's happening because we figured out a way to do this, right? That you don't understand yet. They would go, oh, unbelievable. Stay with me on this, right? If they're presented with those same miraculous things, they deny them. But if it was done by something that they created, they would applaud it. Mm -hmm. They would understand that it has access to information, techniques, technologies, and, and, and machines of creation that they don't have access to. So if this machine were to create miraculous things, they'd be able to accept the miraculous because they built the damn machine. <laughs> it's all about ego, though. Absolutely. It's all about ego, all of it. It's about pride. And so if you ask them, okay, so you've seen these miraculous things. Yes, well, how did they happen? Well, there's, there's this machine that we designed, designed another machine, it created all these machines that can do all these wonderful things. And, and of course I believe it because of the science. What these people cannot handle is is they cannot handle the idea that there is information that is off limits to them forever. If the universe is a mechanical materialistic universe and the Big Bang just happened, then all information is essentially, at least in theory, available to us, right? But if the Big Bang is somebody else's creation, then we can understand what happened inside the bubble of our universe, but we cannot understand anything about what exists outside that bubble. And having information that is that is unaccessible to them forever offends them. It offends their it offends their ego. And so they build a, a worldview where everything is at least theoretically understandable and anything that is not is treated with with a kind of a, a, a moral revulsion because they cannot, because they understand that there is no way for them to access information from outside of this universe and therefore it doesn't exist because they can't be the masters of it. Oh man, you, you you said it good, man. And the thing is, what you're saying squares up with scripture. Because of course the, it does. That's the Tower of Babel, right? It's like we're gonna do things that will make us as gods. Yes, that, that there it is. There it is. And the thing is, when 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 this happens, when this revelation happens, there will be supposed signs and wonders. I mean, people right now are being groomed to accept. When, when this thing happens in Revelation, they're already trying to make the interpretation that these things will be brought about because of technology and all that sort of thing. And it's like, no, the technology itself is a precursor and it is something that prepares you for the real thing. Mainly it's saying, if it looks like it and it sounds like it, you may want to stay away from it. This is not the real thing. This is not it. But 
you are going to be sensitized for when it does happen, you will accept it willingly because you'll just mitigate it as, oh man, this is just technology. That's all it was talking about. It was an allegory, it was a metaphor for, for this right. advanced technology. It's like, no, your, your, your livelihood or your freedom or anything like that, your soul is at stake now because you stayed for the real thing. Let me, I'll give you an example, Bill, of what, what I'm thinking that Elon is really afraid of, that he, but he's trying to put his finger on what it is. Let me put it like this. Let me read from a revelation uh, uh, in this verse 16. And a lot of people are very familiar with this. And the second beast required all people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. And so no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. The name of the beast or the, num of the number of its name. Here, so right here, here is a call for wisdom. Let the one who has insight Calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And that number is 666. Now, before we go thinking that this is some supercomputer, it just told us it is a man. But here's the thing. The number 666 is mentioned probably three other places in the Bible. And the other places that it's mentioned, like Ezra, Chronicles, and Kings, it has to do with money, and it has to do with a man. So when we talk about this number, uh, and when we're talking about the beast, when we break down the word beast, the word therion, it talks about something that is not tamed, something dangerous, wild, or brutish. Mm -hmm. Dangerous, what, yes, exactly. What, That's the word. Exactly. What Elon is afraid of is can this thing be tamed, right? This thing will be a beast, if you will. So also, on top of that, so when we look at the other places where it's mentioned in the Bible, in terms of money, this is what Solomon received as his annual intake, right? Uh, 666, uh, I think, talents of gold. So we're talking about money here, the ability to, the ability to be able to buy and sell. And the other places mm -hmm. that is mentioned is the descendants of Adoniakim. Uh, uh, and the word Adoniakim does refer to a man. But his name, Adoniakim, actually means the rise of my Lord. And what... Elon is afraid of is that this guy is trying to make a digital God. So all these things yeah. are spoken of. These things are, it's like, these are, this is a time. We've been warned about all this We've been this warned stuff. about it. You know, this isn't, you know, it's, it's not some frivolous thing. And why it's going to happen, the reason why it's happening is because people don't believe it. That's right. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I'll just close my segment of this with this. Um, the, the father of the, of the country, of our country, uh, was an uh, extraordinarily honest man. He was an extraordinarily brave man, had enormous optimism and endurance. But ultimately, the thing about George Washington was he pros he possessed actual genuine wisdom. When asked what he should be called, should be called, you know, should we call you your highness? Should we call you your excellency? What should we call Mr. President is all I'm going to get. He was consistently wise. And one of the things he just said in an offhand manner, speaking about our technological servants, he said, fire is a, is a, trusted servant, but a dangerous master, something very close to that. In other words, he's not saying don't invent fire, right? Obviously, without fire, we, we don't have technology. Fire is energy. Without fire, we don't have the ability to cook food. Fire is, fire is civilization. He's not saying you shouldn't touch fire. What he's saying is, is that you had better understand that fire needs to be 
tamed, just as you said, it needs to be tamed and controlled at all times because if you're not looking, fire will get out of the box and burn everything down. It is a it is an extremely powerful servant, but it is a dreadful master. And that kind of wisdom, if I heard the AI people mentioning that kind of wisdom, at least bringing up the question and wrestling with it, I wouldn't be nearly as worried about this as I am, but they don't. And so I am. Amen, man. And, and folks, once again, you know, um, just for clarification, I'm not saying that this is the beast, this is the mark or anything like that. I'm not trying to sensationalize that uh, and, and, uh, and frivolously uh, use some scripture for some sensationalism. I'm just saying that, hey, if it looks like it and it smells like it, that's just a good indicator that, you know, you, you either want to be very, be careful. very careful of it or just, you know, we don't really need Walk that, away. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you guys so much. And speaking of needing things, you know you need them doses of the virtue signal. Right, so you get on over to BillWhittle.com and uh, and you know keep those uh those uh, that support coming. If you are supporting, thank you guys so much. If you haven't be uh, become a supporter, we invite you to. We hope that you uh, find this content uh, at least interesting. I know I do. All right, y'all. Thank you guys so much. Bill Whittle, I'm Alfonso Rachel. Talk again soon.